Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little odd. This is the podcast. Podcast. You've got to believe. It's alive. It's loose. This earth of yours will be reduced to a burned-out cinder. Movies, music, and gaming. And here with me, as always, is Dreadful Dan Hello. Mm. Dreadful. <laughs> Hello, listeners. You odd, odd people. Fucking oddities of life. Um, another minister for you today. <laughs> uh, Dan, care to update us with anything that's been going on your side of the M25? Thanks, <laughs> Your side of the silver screen. Um, <laughs> I watched a couple of the BBC's old Christmas ghost stories. Mm. So they used to do this back in like the 60s, I think, late 60s, throughout the 70s. Right. Um, you know, make a good old-fashioned sort of Victorian uh, ghost story. And most of it's M.R. James. I don't remember any of these. I know you, you alluded to this in a previous communique but um yeah. don't yeah. remember any bbc things no well we grew up at a time when they weren't being made i think they sort of then started again maybe like in the in the 2010s maybe had a, a token swipe of doing a few more right but yeah it's more of a thing i think throughout the 70s and yeah late 60s um but yeah i watched a few um the first one I saw is apparently 
one of the best, and I thought it was amazing, from 1968. It's called Whistle and I'll Come to You. Come on, you. Uh, well, come to you. Oh, come to you. Come to things. Although the action, the, the 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 haunting action, does take place in a bed. Well, much like life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is just. I mean, it was quite strange, really. Um, the supernatural element is handled really well. It's very subtle. Mm. I mean, the BBC. I just can't imagine anyone making something like this as mainstream entertainment these days. Mm. And when you think about the BBC's more recent Victorian adaptations, like I saw they did a, a Dracula, yeah, and I then I saw a bit of um, War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. They were absolutely fucking dreadful, really appalling. Right, um, they're desperate, sort of like shoehorning in of like modern agendas as well to try and make it like relevant. They really like made them like soap opera style. This is like really art house, beautifully shot. Um, and it basically like is a character study of this professor who's kind of gone on holiday and all he wants to do is walk around, be absorbed in his own thoughts and just like pad up and down the beach. Um, and the, like the guy who's playing him, I can't remember his name. I haven't seen him in anything else, but it's a magnificent performance and you forget that you're meant to be watching like a ghost story and you just get like joy from watching this guy. Like... He's got all these little weird tics and mannerisms. Like he's so like just like pleased with his place in life, and like he'll have an idea and he'll go, "Oh, that was a rather good one, wasn't it?" And um, <laughs> just like little things like the way he's enjoying his breakfast. But um, basically, he picks up a whistle on the beach and blows it, and from that point on, everything <laughs> tends to white. Everything starts. <laughs> everything starts just kind of like going downhill a bit. And it's this kind of like traditional story of like, you, know, you get these in, in a lot of like Victorian and um, Edwardian ghost stories of very rational men who basically come a cropper because they're not open-minded enough to accept that other uh, things might exist that they can't explain. Mm. So he's slowly, you know, it's, it's quite um, open to interpretation, but he basically is sort of like driven hysterical by these dreams that he starts having in the night of something pursuing him on the beach. Okay. What, what, what um, is that something? What do you see? What do again, you it's handled, it's really, yeah, they, it's really beautiful actually. I don't know how they did it, but they basically got like a, a bit of material um, and it's kind of like floating along down the beach. Uh, so it's very like, ethereal. Like a tissue. But there's something um, like a tissue, like a... <laughs> What do you mean a bit of material is floating down the beach? That's it's just a bit of material. It's so, like, so it looks like it looks like ballet or something. It's really nice. Okay. It just was like But actually while you're seeing that that visual, it's all in the sound. There's this horrible like thudding and it's growing in intensity. Doof, doof, doof. That's actually really like anxiety inducing. Right. Um it's I think it's very very, very cleverly done, really. Um because, yeah, I was like, like, fuck, something's happening and you don't know what it is and it just feels nasty. Yeah. But everything looks fine. Um, and, yeah, and at the end, it's just kind of like, oh, he, he does see, like, something is in, is in the other bed in his bedroom. Because then they, they do this thing in the hotel where they're like, 
oh, why did you sleep in both your beds last night? And he's like, what, what, what? And they're like, yeah, both the beds have been slept in. So, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, is it in his head or is there really a ghost? Um, but Does it come for to interpretation. Kind of conclusion without spoiling it? That is the, that's kind of the conclusion. Oh, great. He's driven a bit mad by, by, by all of this at the end. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very poetic, I think, a uh, piece of filmmaking. It was really, really cool. Oh, nice. Really good. Yeah, BBC um, don't, I mean, no one really does anything risky. Yeah, proper risky anymore, or, or at least at such a frequency. I always remember there's that Frank Zappa thing, right, which is when he talks about um, music, where he's like, the great thing about the 60s or whatever is that you had these record industry guys who were just like, what's this thing happening in music? Okay, let's just spend some money and just take a punt on some of this yeah. stuff and see what happens. And then it went from like, okay, well, let's hire someone who you know who's from the scene who knows about this kind of stuff and then that person suddenly is now in charge and then it's just completely homogenized by someone who thinks they know about music who thinks they're like yeah. the expert and that's what i feel like the bbc is basically it's all these people well i say bbc yeah. it's like hollywood it's like anything basically it's any creative medium it's just run by people who like are supposed to be the experts and know about you know what the audience of this thing want or whatever and yeah. it's like and there you have boxed yourself into a totally. creative hole that um is now very tough to get out of and that's why your industry will die yeah <laughs> that's why it's like things like you know with with netflix netflix is kind of an extreme in a sense of like um the problem i have with netflix is that they give the creators, the directors, whoever, the filmmakers, complete 100%, this is what I've heard anyway, complete control over their work. And it's like, I'm not saying you have to do that, but there's still a system in place. There is still, that's why you have like a studio. That's why you have people from the studio coming to look at stuff. You have maybe the experience or like can look at things basically objectively and be like, that shit, that shit. And usually most of the time you hear about like, oh, Francis Ford Coppola or whatever had to mm. battle against the studio and made like the finest piece of work of all time. And you think, yeah, the bad guys that are the studios, but you don't ever hear like the studio wanted to cut it down. And thank God they did because it's a much better film. You don't hear those like, <laughs> you don't hear those stories, which is basically, I feel like about 80% of the, um, <laughs> of the you know, it's, it's got up to, for it to actually even be started shooting, it's gone up to a point people have like stuck their fingers inside these things or whatever to get it done so that I'm not saying it's like oh there should be no one in charge it's more like when it's like curated by people who think they know that they're the experts and have like um you know this kind of insider knowledge as to what this stuff is and what it should be it's like it's better to be like completely yeah yeah just not have that knowledge and take more risks or do what yeah. you feel is like um you know, not necessarily trying to make an informed decision on everything. It's not always has to be like a business case. It doesn't always have to like turn a, turn a profit because, um, yeah, it just kind of things become creatively dead. Then not to get yeah. to get off my soapbox. Yeah, and if you, if you predict all the things that are going to be wrong through experience, then you're not going to take those those risks and do something a bit different because mm. you're just like, well, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. 
quite good when someone comes in and they may be a little bit more naive and they try things for the first time. I did, I did notice with interest that this uh, whistle and I'll come uh, to you <laughs> was um, directed by the producer as well. So it was actually originally an episode of Arena, which is a yeah. BBC contemporary arts documentary series. Mm. Um, so randomly, they were just like, F it, we're going to do an adaptation of that story. Mm. Instead of making a film about the life of M.R. James, we're just going to shoot a version of one of his stories. Mm. Like, so how cool is that? Like, Normally you tune in for a documentary, and it's just like, this week on Arena, yeah. it's a ghost story for you. Yeah, exactly. Like that's when that. things were a bit more open, and, and yeah, this guy obviously loved the story and like had complete control. The producer actually directed it and made this, uh, yeah, unusually sort of like slow and quiet film. But I just think, yeah, it would not fly today. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, I watched on. another one mm. ten years later. This one gets a lot of criticism. The Ice House. Um, I looked online. People were like, oh the wheels are falling off at this point. I thought it was quite good though. It is very much of its time. It's um, set in a kind of like upper middle class spa retreat out in the countryside in a big mansion, like manor house. Um, And there's this guy that's gone there and his marriage is broken down. Right. And like he's being massaged and there's this young guy who's like massaging him and he's like, I'm so cold. I'm so cold all the time. And like the next day he's like, you got to help me. You got to help me get out of here. I can't get out of here on my own. He's like, what, why, what's wrong? And then like the owner comes over. He's like, oh, why are you bothering? So, you know, it kind of made me think of like get out. Yeah. But, um, so like something weird is going on. And then the owners of this brother and sister who have this weird, they're like weirdly like overly sexual. And later in the episode, you do see them kissing. Right. Um, and there's a lot of like homosexual overtones as well, um, in their relationship with this guy. And you're just like the whole time you're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And there's something about like these weird flowers that grow in the garden. Mm. And the whole time it's all like, what's that building over there? And they're like, it's the ice house. It's where we keep the ice. That's the, um, what's his song, isn't it? What's he building? Tom What's White, that? Tom Waits. No? I don't know. Oh, okay. Right. Don't worry. It's a Tom uh, Waits song, which is basically a spoken, I think it's a, I think it's a poem by someone else that he just kind of reads out over some noise or whatever. It's on one of his albums. Anyway. Sounds smashing. It's actually really good. It's really creepy. I think he released it as a single. Um, weirdly. I think it's literally called What's He Building in there. So yeah, when you said uh, that, it's the first thing I thought of. I'm a big gap. I've only ever heard Rain Dogs. I okay. can't really remember much about it. Um, I yeah, there's some. Uh, I basically had two Tom Waits albums. I can't remember what they were, and that's all I ever listened to. And I know he's got like a whole wealth of stuff out there. But yes, sorry, the Ice House. Basically, it comes down to like, what is in this weird outbuilding that's going to have all the answers to this like mystery? And he keeps going. Oh, like, can I? Can I? Why can't I go in there? And they're like, you can go in there. The door's always open. Right. And but every time he goes to the, go to it, he's like fearful, and they're like, "Don't go in there, don't go in." So yeah, it all leads up to him going in there, and yeah, then you find out what's going on. Um, yeah, it's a little bit cheesy, but I thought it had a creepy enough vibe, you know. And it's only like forty five minutes. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it, it really it was it was quite uncomfortable. That's good though. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd like comfortable. it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I have to do. I have to find these somehow. There's a DVD. The BFI, I think, did a like, five disc collection of all these classic BBC ghost stories. Yeah. Okay. They're called like Christmas ghost stories or something. Uh, maybe I'll um, see about checking it out. Have you got it? Have you got this DVD? No. Yeah. Okay. How did you see it? Did you procure it by the means? I got it. No. I, um, Mark's got it. Ah, uh, okay. Got it off Mark. Uh, I'll see. Maybe I'll Google it, see if there's something out there just hanging around on a Vimeo or YouTube um, or something. Um, okay, cool. It might be on the BFI player. I think you can like sign up uh, yeah. for that for like five quid a month or something. Uh, that'd be good. Yeah, I need to do some of that. I feel like I've watched like, a load of that and then totally watching like I need to like up my film. Bear in mind, I studied film and yeah. all this stuff. Like, <laughs> and all I'm watching is just the most fucking middle of the road bullshit. Um, occasionally dipping off into like, especially for this podcast, but it's all like. And I haven't seen anything like recent that's been like, you know, uh, I don't know how do I put it, like a, an amazing foreign film, like where yeah. like Parasite. Okay, great, that was good. Also won <laughs> Oscar for best film. So <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I need to take a bit of a jump into um, some like old and new um, like weird cinema, world cinema, weird world cinema. Um, anyway, God, I'm talking bullshit. On that note. Um, what have you been watching? Been watching. I saw a film called Lizzie. Know about this? Heard about this? No. It's um, it's based on the story of Lizzie Benson, which I don't know if you're aware. Never of. heard of her. She in the eighteen ninety two in America. I want to say mm. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I don't even know how you say it properly. Okay. Um, and I've been there. Uh, um, she was accused of slaughtering her dad and her stepmom or something with an axe. And you can okay. see the murder scene. They took photos of it, like actual photos back in Yeah. Um, and you can see like their skulls and all this stuff. Anyway, she got accused of killing them, but basically because she was a woman of high standing and all this stuff, um, yeah. they let her off. Uh, well, they let her off. They said she was not guilty. Um, okay. And so, and she basically spent the rest of her days by herself, pretty much on the. I don't know if she moved. I can't remember. Um, and died at like sixty nine or something. But this is about, and I don't know how true this is. Um, about her relationship with her maid, who's played by Kristen Stewart, and Lizzie herself is played by Chloe Savini. Um, and it's basically about how. She's this like black sheep of the family and um, there's stuff going on with like her dad um, and he's like got some dodgy dealings with people in the town, which is kind of like hinted at, like maybe one of them did it because it starts with the murder. So you're just like, yeah, oh fuck. And she's like, nope, someone else did it. And you're like going through it thinking, oh, okay, she's like innocent. They're setting up something that's like a bad guy. He's like coming around to the house, almost rapes her and all this stuff. And then you've got the dad who's raping the housemaid, Kristen Stewart, and Kristen Stewart and Chloe Savini are kind of falling in love. Um, and it's all getting a bit um, much. And then the dad finds out and he's like, right, she's she's off, Kristen Stewart's off. So Chloe Savini's like, um, um, you know, we've got to do something about this. So um, 
yeah, you've kind of, they don't tell you this. You kind of slowly find out that they are going to kill them. <laughs> um, parents and they've got like a pretty cool 10 15 minute scene of like quite silent of Chloe Savini basically like gets naked totally naked in it and then kills her stepmom with the axe and then washes puts her clothes back on and then Kristen mm-hmm. Stewart takes her clothes off and goes to kill the dad she can't do it so Chloe Savini comes in and kills her dad and then they get all like washed up and they're like oh no someone's killed her parents Oh dear, um, and all this stuff. And then, yeah, and that's kind of it. So it's kind of telling the Lizzie Benson story, but in this like dramatic, like a bit of a homosexual, like drama, thriller with a little bit of horror way. Um, it was okay. It was long. <clears throat> I felt like it's, I don't know how long it actually was, but it felt like a long film. It sounds a bit sensationalistic to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Chloe Savini was good in it. Kristen Stewart was really good. She was Irish in it, and I thought she did a pretty good Irish accent. Um, and they were good. They're like good actresses anyway, I think. You know? And um, they kind of held the film together. But otherwise, I was just like, meh, it's all right. It was okay. I was thinking, I was thinking oh, it sounds quite good until you, you said like, they kind of give you that, that ending. Yeah. Um, which sounds a bit like but it's building up fanciful. To, it's, it's building up to it. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You know what I mean? It's like, it feels like a cathartic release for everyone involved, including the audience. Um, Yeah, I, I just thought it could have been shorter and maybe a bit more. I don't know, like engaging. It kind of is like the same thing of like, okay, right, yeah, the dad's really angry. Again, like, you know, like let's, you know, let's get this going. Um, didn't feel like it was kind of building up enough tension um, as much as it could have, but it was still fine. Mm. It's a good, it's a good story. Um, it's quite, it's an interesting, true, you know, real life crime story and stuff, whatever. Um, quite brutal, especially when you see the actual. Because obviously, me being the morbid fascination into all this stuff um looked at the actual 
you know, crime scene photos. Pretty gory. Like you forget what like a fucking axe can do to like a face. Put it that way. Um, yeah. So, uh, God, that sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? And on a much lighter note, I saw the uh, Pixar film Soul. Oh, is this the one I've seen adverts for this? Yeah, it's about, it's about uh, music. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's about music. So I actually thought I'd quite like to see this. Yeah, it was. I thought it looks really good. It was okay. Uh-huh. Um, the the problem was like, I'll I'll kind of get into it a little bit. It feels a little bit like it's three films in one. So mm. the idea is that um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like some jazz teacher. But he's like, oh, I always wanted to be like a professional jazz player. Never made it. Blah blah blah. Um, and he gets asked to be a pianist for this legend jazz person, whatever. And then he um, dies. Basically, this is in the mm. trailer, so I'm sorry if this is spoilers. Um, <laughs> but you know, this is what they show in the film. And anyway, like as he's getting like going into the great beyond, he basically somehow gets put into um, the great, like not beyond, great before something is called. And it's basically when like the souls of children come and get their personalities and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But it's all set within this, like, they have these like Jerry's, which are essentially these like time slash space characters who look like a Picasso painting or something. They're all very weird. Right. And that's really strange. And then it's like, so he's kind of in this place where like kids are getting their personalities and they're trying to make little jokes of like, oh, here's the like self-absorbed thing. Walk through there. And these kids go through that and they're like, huh, I think we've been putting through too many of those through that one. And it's Richard mm-hmm. and Marty doing the boys. And it's just like, um, I think we're putting a bit too many through this one, whatever. That's me doing a Richard uh, and, I, and I was just a bit like, <laughs> okay, that's a pretty lame joke, but fine. And then suddenly it's like this quite cartoony film where it's like him and this little creature that he's now like mentoring and she needs to find her spark. And you're like, okay. And he's like, I just want to get back into my body because I've got this jazz gig tonight. So you're like, <laughs> okay. So now there's this whole film set in this like ethereal soul world you know okay and then you're kind of getting introduced to stuff so there's a bit where it's like here's where like you know when you find your flow your focus you're in the zone here's where you go and sometimes i like to pop these bubbles because then it makes people jump out of the zone and here's where like these people who are like forget about their spark in life and they just walk around and this is like big like they look like um you know the shadow of the colossus the people that look over you yeah, they look like those kind of things, like these dark, horrible, weird things. And it's like, okay, and they're basically like anxiety and depression or whatever. Yeah, and then it's like, oh right, yeah. So anyway, um, I need to like get these ticks, and then I can go back to. Her. And I'm like, what film am I watching now? Like, what the hell is going on? And then they fall back into, um, <laughs> they fall back into Earth. But she goes into his body and he goes into a cat's body that's nearby. Now we're into okay. a whole other film where it's yeah. like Freaky Friday or something. <laughs> yeah. And now they're like trying to get around New York, helping each other out. Oh, but he's a cat and she's him. And, she's and like, he's going to make the gig in time. Exactly. And the whole thing is like this ticking clock of making the gig. And she's like, oh, <laughs> I love music. Music's great. And he's being alive. And now I like, actually, I love being alive. And all this. And you're like, Okay. And then just as this, and then they find someone who's able 
like to transport themselves into like basically drug induced, but they don't, they don't say drugs, but gets to a meditative state where they can like flow in this zone place, but like they physically do it, even though they're awake and talking, they're still having this meta narrative in this other dimension that they're both aware of. And it's just like messes Hmm. in my head. I'm just like, I don't really get this. And then basically they're like, can you change our bodies around? And he's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, what is, ha- what is happening? And then anyway, they get to a point where they can swap it around and suddenly the, 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 um, she's like, actually, I don't want to swap around. I'm going to go off and do my own thing. See ya. She runs off with like his body. And I was like, okay, now we're on to another film. And then, I don't know. And then it basically all goes back and he, he spoilers, 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 to click on this if you don't want to hear it. Um, he does the gig, realizes that it was just a gig. Like, why did I make such a big deal out of this? And I've potentially yeah. cost this little person spark of their life or whatever because I'm doing this thing. And then it ends with him just being like, you know, they they, they make they get become friends again. She turns into one of those lumbering, anxiety, depressed things. But then he's able to snap her out of it and they become friends. And he's like, I'm going to live every day as a new day kind of thing. I'm going to make the best of what I have kind of thing. Like, I don't have to like, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to make it, but that's okay. I can still love the music and all this stuff. There's a bit of a thing like having ambition, also settling yeah. for what you have, like looking at the world around you. And I don't know, like the whole, when it finished, I was like, I'm confused. <laughs> like, <I> mean, <laughs> like what's it's trying to be like a whole meta um, philosophical thing, but also be about death, but also just be about the love of music. And I'm like, they've, pushed in way too much here yeah sounds like Like, there's way too much going on they need to boil it down simple like something like you know toy story was dealing with themes like you know friendship and whatever blah 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 all this stuff yeah but essentially the plot is (laughs) toys um come to life when you're not there and a new toy is introduced to these bunch of old toys what will happen um rather than this where it's like Okay, so there's a death world, and it's also a pre-death world, or whatever. And I was just like, oh, "Fuck, this is meant to be for kids." Uh, a little note on Toy Story. Mm. I only realised this last year. Did you realise that the title is a pun on Toy Store? No. I've always thought Toy Story. Why is it called Toy Story? It's a meaningless title. Well, it's just you know, I was like. And I've realised it's it's like a pun on Toy Store. Is it? Toy Story. Was, no, wasn't that? Your mind's blown. Look at us. Oh, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a... I if think you, there's an actual, listeners, if you could see him. I think there is an actual other reason for it that the makers have said, but I can't remember what it is. That's Toy Store. Toy Story. I don't think it is that. I don't think it is that. But sure, let's go. Let's go with it. Do you, Here's another do thing. Do you think this maybe might, um, as well, with this soul film, do you think maybe you're looking at it too rationally, too logically, and it probably all makes perfect sense to a small child? Maybe you're just... Well, my small children did watch it and they seemed to like it, but um, I was just watching it for the night. I don't know. Like something like Inside Out, which was similar, right? Yeah. And that dealt with the big issues that dealt with like depression and abandonment and change and 
puberty, basically, and maturity, coming of age. But it was all centered around like, here's parts of your personality and they need to get yeah. from A to B. It's quite a simple goal, but all this stuff happened around it. And then people, mm-hmm. people could turn around and say, well, so he's trying to like get back to his thing and do the gig. And it's like, yeah, but there's a bit too many things. And at one point they do, it gets to a point where like halfway through the film, they're like, oh, they're just going to change back and he's going to go to the gig. And then all of a sudden they're like, nope, we're going to actually have another half hour of you doing stuff before that can happen. Um, and it's like, oh, that's a bit lame because now it just feels like that's just come out of the blue and just totally fucked up my... Um, <laughs> the narrative. Yeah, exactly, for no reason. Yeah. I don't think it's as great oh, well. as anyone says it is. Um, one thing I was going to say, which is true about Toy Story, so all the... Um, Toy Story, say, like, the adverts, anything that's not to do with the film of Toy Story, mm-hmm. um, and is all, like, some, yeah, some of the advertising, whatever, all the voice work is done by Tom Hanks's brother. Tom Hanks I knew doesn't that. do the voice for those things. Yeah. He's- because he went on Graham Norton and, and told the nation. Right. Well, I didn't realise it was such a thing. I thought that was a bit of Disney <laughs> insider information. <laughs> Clearly I was wrong. And they got... They got a Woody doll and they they pulled the drawstring on it or whatever and it said, I don't know, what, what does it say? I'm not Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Tom Hanks went, that's great. Oh, that's uh, Graham or whatever. What's his name? Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Graham Hanks. I don't know. I don't think it's an what American person called? called Graham, is there? <laughs> I think they exist. <laughs> John, uh, no, John Hanks, know, I don't know what it is, yeah. And Tom Hanks went, "Oh, sounds like John." Right, and that was it. Because that's not my voice, right? And then all the audience went, "Oh my god, it's unbelievable!" Because yeah. it sounds so much like. I don't think you're a fan of Graham Norton. Funny enough, Dan, Graham Norton is in Soul. He's one of the voices. What? Yeah, he's in Soul. Yeah, he's in the film Soul. Wow, that's weird. Playing, doing what? What's he, the voice of? He's the voice of that fucking hippie person that can liaise between both worlds whilst not doing anything. That seems like a strange casting choice. Yeah, but it works though because he's got such a flamboyant, obviously Irish voice. That actually, quite works. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, cool. I think he's got a bit of a following in America because of the Eurovision, um, uh, which people like watching over there, and also. The BBC one is the version that they all watch, not just because of the English speaking, but also because of Graham Norton and obviously what once was Terry Wogan. But obviously it didn't really kind of get that far by that point. It's more of a recent thing, I think, in America. Anyway. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, and the other thing, lastly, yeah. is completing Death Stranding. Right. Which I'm going to do an episode on. And it was transformative put it that way um and i can't wait to get into the nitty-gritty with someone who has no idea what it is (laughs) because you're about to have your brain explode and i will try and put it back together i've got some idea oh you think that thing with the baby strapped to you that's right people people who've played it think they have some idea People have completed it. They have some idea. They don't have any idea. <laughs> they don't know. Um, but no, I'm really looking forward to getting into that because that was um, quite the experience. Really strange. And I've, I should have played it as soon as it came out the, this time last year. 
uh, but I waited and I really wish I hadn't um, because it's great. But say no, when you say it's uh, so when you say it's been transport transformative, have you taken to walking around with a, a small fetus strapped <laughs> yeah, to your? I might as well. You could put one in a jar, just like hanging around your neck on a piece of string. I've got one of my um, dolls for my girls here. Just put it in a jar. Yeah, <laughs> filled with orange liquid. Some fucking tango. <laughs> just walking around with it strapped to my uh, chest. Um, it feels like something someone would do in lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, someone should do that. Are you all right? My... Yes, everything's fine. Yes. I've spoken to Ingrid. Who's Ingrid? My baby. <laughs> do you know what the babies are called? Called BBs. No. Pardon? BBs. They're called BBs. BBs. Well, the one that you carry is called BB, but I think they're all called BBs. You know what it stands for? What's a BB? It stands for a bridge baby. Uh, more to come on that, Dan. More to go. Oh, much more <laughs> to come on that. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So we'll be doing an episode about that. So do look out for that. And I think that's it for this week's episode, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Us mindlessly chatting away, and uh, see you on the next one. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>